Hello, Scythe? Yeah, what's up? Hey, what's going on? This is Mike Sweeney. What's up, homie? Do you want me to shout out Mike Sweeney? Or, or, what are you, Jewish? Uh, no, I'm actually not. No, I'm not Jewish. Would it be better if, you, well, if I told you I was Jewish? Oh, no, you're a white kid, right? Yeah, white. Yeah, I'm white. Oh, no, I'm just trying to Sweeney. I know some All right, so basically, you want me to shout out Keep It Basement, right? We in the building. Still. Keep It Basement? Yeah. Keep it what? Like, keep it, like, keep it in the house. Keep it yeah. in Keep It Basement. Yes. And what, what's your name, you guys? My name is... Kevin Sweeney. Mike Sweeney. That was so good. Oh, man. How did I get that wrong? What up, y'all? It's the show off DJ Static Selector. Hey, what's up? This is Karen Civil Rhapsody. What's good? It's Soli Ghost. Montana 300, aka Rap Guy. Yo, what's up? This is Steve Lobel. I want to shout out Keep It Basement with Sweeney's and Ted. Tay, or you could say Ted. I don't care. Sweeney's and Ted. Ted, like the movie of the, the fucking teddy bear, Ted. His name's right? actually Tay, but he just, I guess he's too scared to tell you that. If you said Ted, it'd be funny as shit anyway. Nikki Paris, and you're listening to Keep It Basement Radio. Don't go anywhere, bitch. And you keep doing you, and I hope you get laid. No one really likes you at all. Even when you, like, write the things, no one's just, people are just hitting it, because you've already, it's almost like you've already been through so much bullshit on your Snapchat that people expect bullshit. This is bullshit. You know how, I know it is, but you know what I'm saying? It's like the stuff, the, the content you provide is just so outrageous and outlandish that people are just used to skipping you. <laughs> you have to balance the gems being dropped and the entertainment. But that was, that was, that's sort of the I'm balance. giving out Snapchat advice I'm here. picking the balance back up. Well, you got to gain their respect. You got to hit them with a hit song, hit, hit snap or something. Like what, titties? That's the Yeah, it depends who your uh, audience on Snapchat is. I don't know. I love how I'm getting into the Snapchat game here. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, welcome to the podcast, Keep It Basement, uh, with your boy, M. Sweens, and T. Killer, Tay. Swimming in the Magnums, come and find me, the Sweens. Mm, let them know. I got a good idea. What's up? Taking a normal condom and putting it in a Magnum wrapper, like when before you have sex, pretend to open a Magnum condom wrapper uh-huh. with a normal condom in it. Is that in or out? But it's, it's going to be already open, right? The condom wrapper. Well, yeah. The thing you just is, gotta make noise when you not, just yeah. try to unwrap. Do you think she's so looking like? I think so. Yeah, probably. Like, yeah. I don't want this kid to get me pregnant and hope looking. he puts on a condom. Well, right? Yeah, exactly. That's why she's looking. She's not looking. But no, then she's the still, magnum. You wrapper. could still open it up and see a man. Yeah, and be like, and then like take it out. And then small ass little Trojan pops. Yeah. Out. Well, here are the thing. Oh, she, the, the NYC think, condom. She'll think I'll have a huge penis, but then when we're actually having sex, she won't feel a thing, and my penis will be lost in the condom somewhere, or the condom might actually end up in her vagina. Kids, don't try this at home. Don't do that. I've I've had a friend who's who's lost. The, one of my friends, he texted me. He's like, "Yo," I'm like, "Yo." He's he's he lost the condom in the girl's vagina. She found it when she went home that That's night. Scary. I feel like a girl has to have a big vagina for that to happen. I've never had that happen to me. Yeah, it was like. Have you seen that movie Teeth? Yeah. Oh, my mom loves that movie. Your mom loves that movie. She would tell movie. girls about that, like when they'd come over when I was younger. I swear to God, real story about like the vagina that eats people. Yeah. My well, mom. if you're not in love, that's what it, uh, something like that. Oh, like if you're using girls for sex, right? That's like, a good concept, right? They probably taught that in Catholic school. Might have, might have. It was, it was definitely one of those propaganda type movies, but it was pretty good nonetheless. I love to love to put it on when people are drunk, and they're like, "What the fuck is this shit?" No more drunk sex. Oh god. So yeah, what's up, Mike? What have we been up to this week? I got a pickup line. Oh, all right. 
walk up to the finest woman in the room and say, I lost your number. How do you feel about it? Oh, um, you already know how I feel about that, man. <laughs> do you think that's bold? I feel like that's good to practice rejection, like, about life. Like, there's a study shown that a psychologist in New Jersey, actually. What study is this? Where are I you I swear to God, this? I was reading this. You know I, what I do in my free time is really weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a psychologist who, who has social anxiety disorder and she doesn't believe in, like, prescribing medications. So what she would do is slowly warm people up to certain situations so she'd take a group of people and make them go to a bar and go up to like every girl there and ask for their number and obviously you're going to get rejected a lot of the time but mm-hmm. it'll make you understand that rejection is a part of life and you'll get so used to being rejected you'll be so experienced and not give a fuck the next time Okay. and this will help you in social life going out career women men etc and it's like it's called exposure therapy exposure therapy so yeah it's so like, you it's like doing interview after interview. You get better with the interviews over time. Right. You one would think, or rapping in life. Like the more you do something and the more you practice, the better you are at it. And from reading that, you manufactured <laughs> this pickup, pickup line. Yeah. <laughs> Is my fucking brain <laughs> fucked up? Am I like a genius or a fuck up? Uh, that's, it's a fine line that's between for the both. people to decide. It's just, true, you know. But I think it's pretty good. I think anything that I I'm, I guess I'm a big. I love the shock value in things and like how outlandish things are. True. So if you, I like being weird and, and being memorable, and that's definitely memorable. I don't think girls have heard that one before, so they're they'll be more inclined to, to give you the time of the day. The funny thing is, people who sit like shock value, people who like you might think someone's a shock jock or shock person, but they don't consider some shock value. Like that's just who they are. It's all a perception, little, though. Yeah, you know. you know what I'm saying. Like yeah. there's people out there. Who would copy someone and pretend to be like a shock jock or shock value and not be and just be like not really funny at all? You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like it's just like got to do it right. There's a way to do it, just like anything else. That's a very good punch uh, pickup line. I might use that tonight. Especially on my door. with that outfit. I'm out here. If you for, for you guys who don't <laughs> you know, know <laughs> like I'm out here wearing a black hoodie, black sweats, some sneaks, and a colored bandana. I am not going to distinguish the color. It's for your imagination. I am not aligning myself with any gang affiliations, nor am I denying it. So take that as you will. It could either work in your favor or not. Like, you would be the toughest person at a little Tiki concert, I would say. And then you would probably get killed at a Young Jeezy concert. Yeah. Well, because we went to the little Dicky concert the other night. And By the I- way, there's an increasing, I was observing, there's an increasing of females, hot females, Sorority girls, more like women and stuff, and actually an increase in black people there. Mm-hmm. Impressive. That's a very good observation. I think so. We went to, when was the last one we went to? It was during the summer, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it was like four or five months ago? Six months? Four, four, four or five months four. ago. Good adding. And from there, it's just a totally different. It wasn't so different. I mean, it, it all, it, the venue, I feel like it was all different the way his popularity increased because he dropped an album. Mm-hmm. It's so funny how people are. And also, there's a song with Rich Homie Quan and Fetty Wap. And also a different venue. I don't think the venue would have, because the venue was in the same general area as before. So I think that's a constant. I don't True. think that would have changed the demographic. Does does something have to do with being in the summertime, people go to the beach instead of concerts on a Tuesday night? Or, I don't know. What, I what, mean, are, you, what are you con- saying? Was if that, people go to I a concert like on Tuesday, they're going to go to a concert on Tuesday. Was it more packed last night? It's hard to tell because of the venue. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The venue was different. I'd, it might have been more packed at Irving. Yeah. Because I think there's more capacity at Irving. But anyway, Lil Dicky show was two nights ago, Looking for Love Tour, and obviously a good concept that's always... Very good concept. He always, like, pulls something interesting. You could tell he takes time when touring, like, prior to touring, he thinks of ideas with his team, and, like, it's like a comedy skit, same time a rap 
you know what I mean? He balances right. both. Like, he'll really rap and do serious songs, and he'll do his goofy shit, and he'll always have, like, a meaning to the tour. In a serious meaning, he is looking for love, but at the same time, he does fun da- dating games on stage. And that was, the, I think that was the biggest takeaway that I had as we see the same artist performing more or less the same stuff. Um, you're right, he did have the album come out, and that played a big part in it, but two totally different concepts. Like, if you were to see anyone else, maybe like the, the Drakes of the world, the, the Little Waynes, you'll get the same show. If you see them within a four-month time, time span, you'll get the same exact show. But with Lil Dicky, you got two completely different shows, completely different topics and aspects, and I thought that was fascinating. And probably one of the reasons why I'm becoming a fan. And also, like, if you probably see him, and he does the same thing every night, but he probably switches it up the set list. So does a lot of people. But the one thing I told you that you would like, at first you weren't certain if he was going to make it, but I always knew, like, I think there's an avenue for this guy because you could balance it with the hip-hop fans who think it's cool and entertaining and different, and he could do songs that are radio-friendly, like Rachomi Kwan and, and rappers these days will think it's funny. And at the same time, he's a serious, he could do serious lyrical things, and obviously he has that college appeal. As similar to Mac Miller and other white rappers. Definitely, definitely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And people can relate to him. People people who don't even go to concerts like the awkward types who lost a Virginia in their 20s. <laughs> you. Uh, similar to me. Uh, <laughs> they can relate to him as well. And it's funny. And he's just being himself, but with a little twist to it. Yeah, definitely a great performer, great artist overall. He's getting better. I, he's getting better, you know, like. Of course, he said he started it, what, three years ago? Four years yeah. ago? He just made the decision to become a rapper. Mm. I think he's doing a lot of things right, and I really I have uh, I have glad. things to say about that, if you want to. We, Go for it. Really? I, s- I really feel like LD, a.k.a. Lil Dicky, is evolving and getting more comfortable with his craft. It's all about persistence and consistency. As the time goes on, he is just getting more and more better with uh, making music and creating more, a fan base, you know? And I said, also, he is living proof that you could be a success just by being yourself. Well, hyped a version of yourself, of course, because he said Dave and Lil Dicky are a little different. Like, there's no filter with Lil Dicky. Mm-hmm. And Dave, since it's like him, himself it's as a Dave, person. Man. Yeah. And then I said, from someone who listens to, this is like me, personally, from someone who listens to raw rap, who grew up listening to raw <laughs> rap, and like Lil Dicky as well, it's hard to ask yourself, like, where do you fit in in this culture? Because back in the day, when you're a goofy white boy listening to the rawest rap, friends and family are like, what's wrong with this kid? And you're like, to yourself, I really don't know I don't live this life, but I love the authenticity. Authenticity. Okay. What am I saying? Authenticity. Fuck. Now I can't even say it. Authenticity. Your ear's dry. You're dry. Your mom is dry. (sighs) Mom. (laughs) And uh, the culture. So really it's just about being you, gaining an audience, and working on the talents and gifts you possess without being too preachy, as I'm saying. But I like Lil Dicky. Um had to work on rapping, but he was always funny and creative. This is what's cool, I think, to me. But he wasn't a born rapper. Like, you could tell he practices. Like, the, the one thing he was spitting that night was the same freestyle he used on Sway. And it was, like, you know, written bars, but it's still considered freestyle. Of course. And uh, it was good. But, like, obviously, you work. it was really good, and you work on rapping, and he, you know, and he wasn't born into it. And what I, what I mean by this is, you know, you put in the work, and you achieve goals before anyone sees or believes it yourself. And, uh, you know what I mean? you got to believe in yourself. And that's how you start. That's it? No, I got more. All right, keep going. But not, is this too preachy? A little bit. You can't be preachy, too, but it's not so preachy. Like but it's, it's life good. facts. I'm it's not some goody this. good shit. He also talks about not settling for plan B and to go for plan A until plan A fails. But me personally, I believe even when you fail, you learn and you just get better at your crafts. When you look at Lil Dicky, it's inspiring in a weird way because you're like, if he could do it, so can I. No disrespect to LD. But what I mean is it's 
possible to achieve goals by applying yourself and working your ass off and using that weirdness to your advantage. And he's just an example of hundreds of thousands out here in the creative world, how you can become a success. Like it's a success story. And, uh, you know, do what you want. Be a true boss. And only time will tell. Just do you. Yeah, I think he's a good... To your basement. Yeah, no, he's a good uh, good role model. And I guess, um, I don't know if role model is the right word, but it's good, it's good to look it's at him for inspiration. In a weird way. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, we're it's just like a comedian couple of guys. comedian slash hip-hop artist. Hip-hop artist and... Entertainer. Who would have thought those two could actually come together and, and be... Together. There was ones before him and things like that. And it, it all it all was before... Like, even, like, he's, he thinks Will Smith is inspiration. And of course. keep in mind that kind of... He did it all, Will Smith. Yeah, yeah. And then you got people like Lonely Island, who he doesn't want to be, like, a, really associated with. But they've there's people out there, Weird Al. I mean, all yeah. But even they, 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 don't, they might not affect him, but, like... There was things. There's always someone. There's before always you. someone before yeah. you, right? I get it. And uh, so about that show, also the uh, Alex Wiley, and then that "Pull Up Like a Uber" song, <laughs> and then Royce Rizzy and all those other weird Rizzy, the homie, on stage, the weirdos on stage. Yeah, nah, they're cool guys. That's why you I could like. be you could be a weirdo and cool. Yeah, and it's it's great to get exposure. Like I don't know, I never knew of him, and then now I'm I'm just talking to him. It's great. Basement boy leaves the basement. What was that venue called? Where was it? Gramercy, I can't. Gramercy, Gramercy, Gramercy Theater, Gramercy Theater, New York City, whatever, some shit, some, some place. Yeah, the Breakfast Club interview seems to be coming soon. I saw a picture. Uh huh. Saw that you sent that to me. Yeah, and then the Comedy Cellar after. Ah. Parking in New York City, and pizza in New York City, and Aziz Ansari and Louis C.K. <laughs> well, I remember the Aziz part. Um, that was cool, cause I went to take a piss. In some random ass place, and I walk out, and Sweeney's is talking to Aziz Ansari, and I'm all like, "Aziz!" like a fucking idiot. Had a few beers, partially drunk, like a drunk fucking idiot. And then you see him walk away. Could have like, could have been a groupie don't. and got a selfie, but I wasn't even about that. I was just like, "Are you on the night?" And he was like, "No." <laughs> and like, like talked to ask him something else, and he said like something, and he kept it moving quick after when you yeah. yelled. When I started yelling like a fucking He's like, idiot. Oh man, black man. Yeah. Move it. So I'm officially a cock blocker. What? That's what was I trying to fuck Aziz Ansari? I can't hear you. I was trying to fuck Aziz Ansari. That's what it looked like. I mean, because you were taking a piss, and I was waiting for you, and I was on my phone. I look up, and Aziz Ansari walks by, and I said, "Aziz," and I'm like, "Aziz, he's the funniest fucking guy." And then he just <laughs> the comedy <laughs> seller is interesting too. Like comedians, that they're, they're interesting people. It's kind of similar. Like I'm like like observing the rap culture and comedy culture. And I think comedians go back to their roots more than rappers, if that makes any sense to you. Like, because Aziz sold out Madison Square Garden, but this motherfucker's at the Comedy Cellar doing new stuff. And, like, I guess they go to, like, they go back to their organic vibes, the, the, where they start it, and they, like, try to get new material. Mm-hmm. And rappers look for, like, inspiration in different ways, I'm assuming. Like, they go to the studio with young rappers and perform. Right. But, like, if they could sell out, a fucking stadium at PNC, they're going to keep continually doing that. Right. They're not going to go back to the local yeah. bar and start uh, performing. Unless they get like intimate shows like at Webster Hall or SOBs. That's different. Get, even certain that. rappers, certain yeah. rappers don't do that, certain do. Like, right. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even consider, I mean, yes, it is going back to your roots, but I mean, That's just having an interesting perspective, right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Even like having Aziz or Louis C.K. just walking into some random comedy cellar, you paid 10 bucks for a ticket and you're getting that. It's almost like, is the comedy industry realer than the music industry? Like, I don't, I, it's I, it's similar. It's kind of similar. It's weird when you like look at it like that, right? I mean, there's two different industries yeah, too. Yeah, I know, but like, 
just like seeing that and like people going to the comedy cellar and then you know what I mean it's like Lil Dicky's performing at Gramercy but like if he gets a bigger audience he's gonna it's a business he's gonna try to go a bigger a bigger venue sell more tickets and personally I think I know more about like hip hop and music compared to comedy so maybe like comedians like he still sells out like oddball comedy festivals mm-hmm. and all that other stuff but like they go back to like where they started it's, I think it's cool yeah no definitely cool. and it's cool for the fans too yeah. who just don't expect it at it's all like all fucking tourists too out of that comedy so it I don't is. get it I'm like, what the fuck is going on here well it's it's one of the premier places in New York that it's you so go for weird. comedy New York's so weird at one o'clock in the morning it's like popping on a weeknight yeah Monday well whatever day it was Tuesday what do these people do for jobs these are you just said it. They're tourists. They That's have so nothing weird. else to They'll do. They'll laugh at anything. I feel like then. They yeah, because if you go to Nebraska, I don't think there's any comedy, real comedy clubs in Nebraska. But you come to New York City, you get you get the best of the best here, and That's I weird. love it. I guess we're spoiled. You know, we don't have that outside perspective. And then I said uh, in my head, in or out. There's no excuse not to hustle and make money if Gucci Mane is making money from jail using his voice memo fucking app to make raps <laughs> and then sending them to whoever to put on a beaten record. He might have more unreleased music than Tupac did. I wouldn't be surprised if someone drops something drops from him soon. That's in, man. That's that's like you're that's making hustling. money from jail, and you're like a killer and like that's a rapist crap, and man. like just like the scariest motherfucker ever. And you're like in jail every day using voice memo but it and inspiring young shout artists out like to Fetty his fan Wap. base. You know, yeah. Those, yeah. If no one was listening, you we wouldn't be talking about it. You wouldn't care. I kind of don't care, but I think it's cool his work ethic. Yeah. Like, I don't really know. What else the fuck you got to do in jail? What work ethic? There's nothing else to do. I know, but he that guy is like, I heard he's <laughs> in the studio for like days straight, and then he just kicks bitches out of his car. That's real. Yeah. I want to get to that point in my life where I can just be somewhere for days. <laughs> <laughs> in the basement for days. Yo, in the basement for days. Yeah, what else fuck. we got here? Uh, promoting interviews, other interviews. We should get a drop for that. <laughs> Check out SoundCloud.com slash Keep It Basement to listen to some old shit. Like uh, Vic. DiBetetto. Montana. Of 300. Easy E's daughter, E. B. Ro. Timmy. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. I'm getting good at this. <laughs> and what about the new Instagram feature? That's interesting. Yo, that is a great. Shout out to fucking Instagram, man. You guys, there was finally an update. I, that uh, I this love. is a great story. I told my boy I about this who has it. a girlfriend too. Yeah. Sorry to cut the momentum off. No, no, go, 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 go. But my friend, <laughs> my other friend was over my house one day and he's like, look at my, look at, look at, he, like my one friend is following and it's like at Masters of Ass, porn and like 15 porn stars. <laughs> and it comes up on the feed. It still comes up if you follow the person, I guess. Yeah. Like it comes up on that one feed where like he's following this. And so my boy followed and went all out and followed like 20 porn stars and it all came up. But when you go to his profile to see the new followers, you don't, you can't see you it. You can't see it. So now his girlfriend has to cr- hack into his Instagram on his phone and look who he's fo- recently following. See, that's fucking crazy. And creepy girls and psychos can still like future like girlfriends or anybody really can still see who's following you from who you're following because nine nine ten nine out of ten times, if it's like a random girl or a new girl in the area or somebody, a guy, etc., and you're following them, they're following you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like a local girl or something. Right. Like you see that she's that you're following her, so obviously. Wait, no, you're seeing that she's following you, right? You go to followers, you see the new followers, so you're probably following her. Should I get it out and show you what I mean? No, I know, I know you're, I know what you're getting at. Like, but a lot of the times, if you look at the followers, say like the followers right here, this is who recently followed you. See from the concert. Yeah, Cena. Okay. And uh, the TMZ and, and uh, Revolt TV. Shout right, out to them. Yeah, yeah. 
they're following me. Right. So wouldn't I follow back? Yeah. Yeah. But you can't see that. I know. But that's what I'm getting at. So if your girlfriend is looking at who you're, who's following you, you're probably following them back too. But you could get away with like the people who aren't going to follow you back, like the porn stars. You know what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying now? I do, but... You don't get the fucking philosophy no, here? No, I do you get... You look confused. No, 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 because you're, com- you're fucking explaining it fucking weird. I'm going to show... All right. The, the thing is, I have to show you... Like, I'll pull up your Instagram, and I'll show you who's at the top. Oh, it's all different. And it's totally different. That's what I mean. They yeah. The order, yeah. Only on yours they show you the order. Be- Especially, all right, following. You can't creep. You can't see what girls are creeping. Like who they're who's, who they're following. Like it just comes up. Like I who showed are, you that who are following yeah. similarly. Yeah, I know it's fucking whack. So no, it's not fucking whack. It's, it's fucking cool if amazing. you have a girlfriend, but if you're trying to do some internet research on a girl or a guy, it's kind of shitty. Actually, that's weird because followers. Yeah, but I can see who follows see? you. See what I'm saying? Okay, and, okay. And a lot of the times, if it's a random girl in the area, and you're a you're you're like you're a psycho girl, you're like gonna see like, oh shit, he's following her. But I can't control who follows me. You could say that, yeah, but like you know, in a way that, you know what I mean? Like, no, no, no. I, unless I you're fucking like famous, people are randomly gonna follow you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, people randomly follow me all the time. That's true, like the spam shit and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But like the and you could f- get away with following people and without people noticing. That's the That's big the thing. thing because it's like the creepy. Yeah. Oh my god, my girlfriend. Why are you following this person? That person. I don't want to fucking hear it no more. Yeah. Now, when you look at my who I'm following, you see fucking Drake. You see Fifty Cent. You see all these the normal people. And the funny thing is, the first day she noticed that, she went on like some other. She was like, "Oh my god, I went to so and so's page and and." It showed who they're following, but not who I'm. And I was like, you are so, you are behind. I used to you think Apple was trying to, like, screw guys over because all these nah. features, trying to get people in trouble in relationships. This is the homie But saver. Instagram <laughs> is helping the men out out here. And some slutty girls, too, I would well, say. It's both, know, both, 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 you know, it works ways. both ways. But for us, the yeah. real Gs, we loved, I love this feature. And shout out to Instagram. <laughs> Keeping. Keeping relationships alive, baby. That's that's what it's all about. Ah, uh, it's gonna make your girl try to get on your phone and see what's going on. She ain't getting shit unless she chops off my fingers. She ain't getting shit. Do you share passwords? No, fuck that. I love that. Fuck out of here. You ain't getting shit. You don't pay my bill. Fuck that. It's my phone. Like I'm not even doing anything. <laughs> I don't do any. I don't even. I don't answer anyone. This guy didn't tell his girlfriend that he was going to a concert two nights ago either. And here, mad. here it is. Here it is. Well, we already talked about whatever we there. Here it is. But I don't. I don't answer you. I don't answer her. I don't answer my boss. I don't. I don't talk. I don't even go on social media. But it's my phone. It's my like. It's like going into my locker or something. It's. It's against the law. And how do you feel about? Uh, is it okay to have an ex? Excess nudes on your computer. Ooh, I'm putting it in the spot tonight. Like you put me on the spot every fucking episode. Mm. Is it okay to have an ex ex girlfriend or boyfriend nudes on your computer while you're in another relationship? I feel like you got to save those shit in the vault, man. You never yeah, know. You gotta, never forget. You got to put those somewhere, <laughs> man. A secret like, vault, like those <laughs> apps that have it on your phone, where it's like a secret vault of like it's like a straight nudes. It says calculator. I got to organize really, that. Yeah. No, there's like a, there's like hidden file apps. Yeah, it's like yeah, whatever. Can't let those nudes go. Nah, nah. There's no never a reason to delete nudes. <laughs> never. I got some funny stories. Like there's some psycho girls out there that my friends have dated, and I one time my friend I think like an idiot sent them to his email, and like his girlfriend like somehow knew his email or like it would come up. So it like came up in his phone when she checked it, and like all the nudes he sent to his email. Like these people be doing dumb things. Yeah, that's dumb. 
Like that's stupid. Everybody relax and figure it out here. Masturbate before making a decision, and then work and organize yourself in the hiding folders. Be smart. Don't yeah. be. Don't be sloppy. You can't. You can't. <laughs> it's too easy to get caught. That's why you, you need, like you said, jerk off. Be calculated. Yeah. Don't send yourself shit. Just slide it away. It's even bad if you're Hide not in a relationship. It. Like, still do the same. Yeah. No, it, when you're not in a relationship, that's when you get really sloppy because it's like, oh, I don't give a fuck. But, uh, no, you got to be constant. <laughs> you got to put that shit away, man. That, that's a Save funny story. It's shit. like when you, this is a good one, too. When you get, like, a girl's number or when you, like, meet a girl out somewhere and you already look at her photos and you already masturbate to them and the hi- you don't clear the history on your Instagram. Hold the fuck up. So she sees that you're already looking at her page. Like, say, like, oh, yeah, what's your name? Add me. And she's like, oh, I came right up, and I'm right here. And you're like, oh, oh really? I don't, I don't know how that happened. Yeah, I've never run into that. Oh, either have I. I'm just <laughs> telling you a story. Yeah, right. It sounded a little bit too, <laughs> too fucking personal for you. I was just you. telling you a story. <laughs> what were you saying hold up at? Because well, <laughs> the fact that you go out, jer- wait, you jerk off the girl's pictures, then go out <laughs> to the bar and then meet with them? <laughs> that is the law of attraction, my friend. There's people out there who jerk off to Instagram photos and Facebook photos. I'm not one of them. But there are people out there. I can't. All right. I don't understand. Since we're on the Even topic. fully clothed pictures, too. I yeah, I can't do that. I can't jerk... <laughs> fuck this topic. <laughs> but <laughs> I can't jerk off the still pictures. So what do you mean still? It has to be moving? Yeah, there has to be some <laughs> kind of motion. A gif or something. Like, give me a fuck. <laughs> a picture? <laughs> That's great. No, I need some movement. I need some penetration. I need oh, some boy. licking. I, need, I don't know what the fuck... That's great. This pod, the purpose of this podcast is actually to never get us laid again and never have a girlfriend again. We should change the name to We're Never Getting Laid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And also, with, like, say if you got caught, um, your ex, you know, the nudies with your ex. Uh-huh. And then, yeah. then your girlfriend deletes them. And then <laughs> your girlfriend catches, sees the Google search history how to get deleted photos back. <laughs> you think that's good? <laughs> that's too good. <laughs> That's in. That means your girlfriend is really fucking creeping you. First, she creeps you to yeah, find the nudes, sure. deletes them, then creeps you again Allegedly. to see that you've Googled how to get old pictures back. First of all, fellas, you know you know about that recently deleted folders. Um, recently deleted oh, yeah. photos. You got to check for that on the girl's phone, too. See yeah. some nudes. Oh, wow. Wow. Game changer, baby. <laughs> but <laughs> Wait, her nudes or nudes from other dudes? Her nudes. Mm. You might get a little mixture. That wouldn't be good, but you take the good with the bad in life. Yeah. So you see a couple dicks and you see a nice titties, you know. You win. Yeah, you're like, oh, shit. If you saw a hundred dicks, but you saw one pair of titties, you win. I wouldn't go that far. I don't know. What do you mean? Depending on the girl. girl You win, bro. Nah, I don't know. (laughs) It's like gambling, bro. You could lose a hundred times. No one knows. But once you win, you win, baby. If I see a bunch of dicks on her phone, that's not good. You know, it's weird, though. Some girls who have all dicks on their phone, maybe they, they aren't, like, really out here in these streets and they're scared to hook up with people. So it's like you look at that and you're like, oh, maybe she's just a social media whore, not a real whore. But I don't know. Nah, nah if I saw it, nah, dicks are really ugly. <laughs> 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 I would be scared, too. Like, if I didn't have this thing and I just saw it for the first time, I'd be like, what the fuck is that? A I, tumor? What, what are you talking about dicks for? I'm just saying if there's a lot of dicks on the phone, you got to question a girl, like, what's going on nah, here? She man. could be talking to a lot of dudes, obviously. It's fucking so not what? good. So what? Well, wear a condom. I don't know. Who cares who she's talking to? All right, moving on. Motherfucking Vince Staples, man. What's going on with Vince? So, Vince Staples versus Noriega. Daria Noriega. Uh, time video 
entitled. Rapper Vince Staples explains why the 90s are overrated. And uh, I was born in, this is Vince Staples talking, I was born in 1993 in Long Beach, California, and I don't remember any of it because I was a baby, Staples says. The 90s get a lot of credit. I don't really know why. Biggie and Tupac, those are staples of the 90s. That's why they get the golden era credit. There's not a 50 cent in the 90s. They don't even have a Kanye. Jay-Z's biggest song, his only number one, happened a couple years ago. In the 2000s, he was insinuating. Yeah, 2009. This video and article really didn't receive any attention until some hip-hop media outlets made headlines about it entitled, Vince Staples thinks the 90s are overrated. XXL and, like, Hype, one of those other sites to be exact. And, like, he never really said, said it like He that. never really said like, that's that. That's, like, social media. They really put him. They really put it out there for him, man, to, like, get some shit. And uh, someone was really angry, a blogger probably. Vince Staples says what he... F- what he feels, he said that Bow Wow, Kanye West, 50 Cent, and Lil Wayne were the artists that he listened to back in the day. Nothing wrong with that. And it's funny that Bow Wow, Bow Wow was popping. I actually Bow Wow that. was that man. I actually bought he that album. And he had a co-sign from Snoop Dogg. Yeah, come on, man. And Staples and Bow Staples said that Bow Wow was one of his favorite artists ever, which is fucking hilarious. You can never tell if he's telling the truth or not and being serious, but I actually believe him there, I think. But come on, bro. Middle school, Bow Wow. Bounce me, man. I used to play the Bow Wow CD out the, out the window at my house. It was crazy. It was cranking. Bow Wow Wow, yippee yo, yippee yay. So how do you feel about it? I said I get where they're both coming from. Also, though, Vince Staples had an attitude to Noriega like when they were tweeting. He yeah, to chill with course. that. Like they both, Noriega was being like extra nice and like extra OG-ish. He was. He, he even said, you know, I, really, I don't really be from dudes from, that er- from this era, but he just... You know, but he did say a bit of a comment like right off the bat he didn't like add him directly and he said like you had to be nice to get a deal in the 90s like true. Taking, taking like an old rap line which is kind of true true yeah and uh but at the same time like vince staples definitely had an attitude when tweeting with him and like they were like disrespectful in a way like they could have just talked about it more and he's like my n-word like you you didn't like come at me direct you dm me or whatever and like other things like that and like were said and it just wasn't good, like you know what I'm saying. But yeah, Twitter—you have to understand—Twitter is a stream of consciousness, consciousness forum, right? So you can say four tweets, but it's really like one sentence in real life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So at first, yeah, maybe he didn't add the guy, but that's not a big deal. I, and my philosophy is too: when you when you're in the moment of anger, like you're gonna say some you're shit, just gonna say you're gonna it. hype it up. But the next day everything's Gucci. Like, they got in the phone today, like an update, they got in the phone today and they're cool and everything like of that. Of course, and they it's always it over. like that. Like, if you wait, that's what I'm saying. Sometimes, like, if you're, like, in a bad mood and you wait a week to respond to someone, your feelings will change. Yeah, but then again, it's not going to be relevant either. But yeah, it's true. It's when, because when you're typing to someone, you don't know how they're saying it. You just see what's being said. You yeah. don't, you can't take into consideration, like, any context. You don't know the tone. You don't, really know yeah. anything so you're just reading things and you seeing control it at face value right you control people and you don't get the sarcasm you don't get the oh i'm joking or i'm kind of serious you don't get any of that so it's easy to misconstrue anything that's being said on social media and then vince stables reacting the way he did is he just probably read into it wrong and like noriega's uh side like this is what he was coming from i respect it he was saying the culture and your elders in the game like you know what i mean Th- those are good examples of like what you should do and like where you come from in hip-hop the 90s, you're saying? Yeah. So, like, let's use comedy as an example. There would be no Eddie Murphy without Richard Pryor, and there would be no Kevin Hart without Eddie Murphy. Yes, every generation you see what I'm saying? Yeah. piggybacks on the generation before. And I understand with uh, Vince Staples, because usually you're influenced by the history of whatever profession, culture you go in, and you study the game and learn. But Vince Staples is 22, keep in mind. Mm-hmm. 
and Noriega is like 38. He's still young, but like it's a big difference. So I understand what he means when he said he was influenced or listened to other artists besides the 90s and that the 2000s were better because right. he grew up on that. Because like when you're in middle school and in high school, that's when you get that's, that's the when shit you, that stays with you forever. Yeah. Like yeah, that's, that's the best shit. Yeah, and I, I agree, and you you know I agree because I I've, when he was when, that whole video, I was just nodding my head. I was like, he's right. He's right. Because what you listen to as a kid, and this is true for our parents, too, because when they get in our cars, we can listen to the dopest Kendrick Lamar song. So true. Like, every aspect of the song is true. But my pa- my mom would be like, turn that shit off. That's garbage. Because she hears the word bitch once. You know what I mean? You listen to music now, you may think it's trash because you're not from this era. You're just basing your opinion on shit that you heard 30 years ago. And Vince Staples is also right because people in hip-hop don't have their priorities straight. Like... People are, like, so concerned about what do you're in your research, but, like, they're not c- concerned about, like, going to college or funding a nice project or something positive in the hood that's not, like, not, like, hurting people and helping people instead, you know? And back to comedy, I think it's a good example because, like, if you, like when someone asked young comedian Pete Davidson, who's the same age, I believe, he's, like, he was influenced by the comics Dave Chappelle and Bill Burr, and he admitted that he never watched a Richard Pryor stand-up. Fair. And I don't think any comedian got at him, but people were probably like, oh, shit, like, you never heard, listened to Richard Pryor, heard him. But, like, in hip-hop, it's, like, a different thing. Like, people come at you. Like, there's always that one sour rapper that's going right. to come at you. Oh, you never heard Rapper's Delight? What the fuck? Yeah. And uh, truth of the matter is, Vince Staples has only been out for a hot minute. I don't even think he's really popping. Like, he's nah. not considered really popping. No. Nah. Unless you, you're into that. Yet, he doesn't have that, you know, he doesn't have that white crowd for mainstream success. He did talk about Jay-Z only having one number one a couple years ago. And Vince Staples has some cool tracks, like Blue Suede, Please to Play it on Radio. Right. Senorita. Senorita, yeah. uh, North, 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 or whatever. That was a good song. It's okay. And I saw him in the dope movie, but he really yeah. hasn't done anything super impactful. Like Noriega has definitely inspired more people in his lifetime, but obviously he has a- been agreed around over a longer. Yeah, period he's of time. been around longer, and Vince is still considered up and coming. Right. But like, at the same time, it's like you take the advice and you you're respectful about it. I just think he spoke from our generation's perspective. Yeah, dep- yeah, depending on the generation. Yeah. I mean, as you get older, like these 40-year-old rappers, of course they're going to glorify the 90s. He didn't say it was overrated. He just said he doesn't know why it gets uh, you know, that much credit. But I, I think also it's so funny because he signed to Def Jam, which is one of the biggest, most influential hip-hop labels of all time. Mm-hmm. So when you sign somebody, it's almost like in a way like they kind of should know what's going on in that company. Mm-hmm. And like for him and to say like he doesn't it. care in a right. way. It kind of makes them look bad, but they have not been credible for a while since the Trinidad James signing and all the things they've done and, like, the history of the music industry and how it's shit and everyone left Def Jam, like, all the execs and people right, like right, that. Right. And you could tell, like, it's it's not credible as it once was. But at the same time, like, Noriega's probably made a good amount of money at Def Jam back in the day, and it's just interesting how he signed to Def Jam. But I guess good bad press is good press in a way. Yeah, I mean... It's nothing too crazy, though. It's so bad, but I'm saying, like, him saying about the 90s, where Def Jam... Was like was a fucking monster, yeah. an all-star team. You know? <laughs> and you can't say you can't sit here and say every rapper in the '90s was fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. You can't say that. And also, just like you can't say every rapper from today is amazing. You have you have your hits, you have your misses. You can't say that every kid Vince Staples' age doesn't listen to old rap either. No, there's kids who are, are '90s kids, yeah. heads, and there's kids that are listening to like Young Thug, Metro Boomin, right? And there's kids that listen to like Tribe Called Quest. And he said that it's all really what you grew up. How you grew up and what you see now. I don't really like the hood shit. Yeah. Because I, I've i never really been in those kind of situations. I didn't really grow up in the hood. You know, I never had to sell drugs. I never had to shoot anyone. I was never in a gang. And that's why I gravitate to, you know, those weird rappers and who, you know, like the 
the Gambinos of the world, you know, and, and that's it doesn't mean that I don't like, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> Wu-Tang or anything like that. It's just uh, what I was thinking was like to come in Noriega, I think, got offended and felt some, felt some type of way because he didn't like mention Snoop as one of his favorites and Snoop's from that area. So like that is true. Like, but like. I see it as, like, you don't have to look up to someone for their music making, but, like, just their overall persona and what they did in their lifetime. And was he going to list every single rapper? And, like, Snoop Dogg's a good influence and experience for somebody. Like, he he definitely is the type of person to help young rappers, and they have a great relationship. It Always, seems. yeah. And he seems like a big homie, and that's the type you got to be. You can't be the guy who's hating the culture. You got to kind of blend in with it, but not, like, do some shit where it's, like, you're making songs with young people and, like, using them. Like to just in, stay relevant. Instead, like yeah. just let them do their thing and right. like help them out and like go on a feature or whatever and do you. Yeah, and I think that's what Snoop Dogg does perfectly. He does. It's it's more like a mentorship. Like yeah. you see it with um, you saw it with Bat Wow back in the day. You see it with Wiz Khalifa. Yeah. So, I mean, he's been around forever. So yeah. I don't think anyone's wrong here at all for having unique vo- viewpoints. It's all opinionated, and I guess like it's the same. It's the same concept with the top five rappers. Everyone's gonna be different. Yeah. Everyone has their own different rappers. Everyone like that's what makes hip hop hip hop. And I think that's what makes hip hop great, having this dialogue and this conversation. But when you shoot someone down for having an opinion, that's where that, I think you have to draw the line. Yeah, the thing with him though, you never know like what the deal is, what he's gonna say. Like he make he takes a statement, does like a whole one eighty and takes it elsewhere, like saying some like listeners couldn't tell. Like he was saying Ray J was in his top five. And I think he was serious on Hot Night Seven. And also another interesting perspective. When he first started rapping, he didn't take it serious at all, and he was like, it's like, oh, wow, I could get paid doing this, and let me make a career out of it then. And he made it seem like being a rapper was like a 9-to-5 job, when it's really more about like passion and mm-hmm. things like that. But but that wasn't, that's not what we're talking about. No, either. no, but I'm just saying, like, overall, like, I was looking, and it was interesting of what he was saying, so that's why I wanted to talk about it. I think it's a great topic, too. Um, I like reading the comments, and I think people, a lot yeah, of people just doing. missed the fucking point. They were like, oh, you disrespected the 90s, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He didn't say that. He just said, like, Tyler, the creator, jumped in with the coolest tweet ever. He was like, yeah, uh, none of those 90s albums do shit for me. And he's one of those weird rappers that I like. I agree. Like, I didn't grow up in the 90s. Like, I mean, I did, but I wasn't wasn't faced with the same problems these 90s rappers have or Mm. had. So I really can't align myself to it. Whereas, you know, if you grew up in that age, you know what was going on. Like, same thing with if you were in the Bronx... You know, with the Slumlords and shit and the Curls Bronx Expressway, like, you know what was going on. You know how crazy it was. But me, listening to it, I can be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. That's good history. But I didn't live that. It's kind of weird how, though, like, they tell you to do your history and, like, a lot of the rappers are successful and don't do their history. Like, personally, I think it's cool if newer artists know the history of the culture. I feel like white rappers have to have to in order to pay dues and be successful because someone can already be looked at as a culture vulture. So what? is that why Iggy Azalea is not popping? No. But, like, I don't think that's right, but, like, it was cool with Macklemore. Like, I don't think it's right how you have to do that if you're white, but, like, it's cool what Macklemore did with his new single, Getting the Old Cats Involved. I'm just using it as an example. And I feel like some of the best rappers I also was thinking about this in the 90s didn't even really listen to hip-hop. I remember when I was younger, that discussion would come about, like, when I was listening to, like, people who knew about hip-hop when I was younger. Uh, Lil Wayne was heavily influenced by Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Biggie, like, listened to a lot of reggae and Tupac, like, other music as well. Like, these guys didn't strictly listen to hip-hop and, like, they were influenced by other music, which made them better hip-hop artists. I think you get what I'm saying? Most good, yeah, you're right. Most most prominent hip-hop artists, or artists in general, don't listen to that one mm-hmm. genre of music. Like, you draw things from different angles and perspectives. Yeah, because now everyone's copying each other's music. Like, Joe Budden, for example. He really does not listen to hip-hop at all. He's, like, an R&B guy. 
And you can tell by his music because that's where he's pulling from it. And he's not really pulling from this movement that's going on in the hip-hop world. So he's not really stealing from anything. He's just creating his own sound and yeah. based on what he listens to. So I think that's super cool. And I think we're missing that. And he also said he was not a rapper. He's a crip. So that means he didn't like, doesn't give a fuck. Crip? Yeah, that's what he said. Like C-R-I-P? Yeah. He said that? Yeah. I watched that thing like four times. No, in the tweets. Oh, in the tweets. Yeah, I don't really go on Twitter. I don't fuck with Twitter. That's where half the discussion was happening. Do we have an outro or no? No, we don't. But I have one more thing to talk about. What? My car battery died this morning. <laughs> oh. And what happened? I am a broke piece of shit. That would be terrible if that happened in New York City. I was actually kind of nervous about that because when you started the car, it did sound a little faulty. And I did tell you about that. And you're like, nah, we're fine. Nah, we good. Yeah, but um, I guess, I don't know, something happened. I woke up this morning, feeling blessed. ready to go. To- <laughs> Wait, uh, I feel blessed. The car battery died. Blessed. <laughs> so yeah, I'm on my way to work. I'm a little early. I'm never early. Like anyone who knows, I'm I'm black. If y'all don't know, I'm black, and I'm real black. Like I'm never on time black. So it's like 10:30. I don't gotta be work till 11. I only live like 10 minutes from work. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna come in, get you know, get some breakfast. Er- come up early. Answer these pull up emails. Like Uber. Pull up on these phones. I try to start my shit. Nothing. No clicking. No radio. Bless. No lights. <laughs> Bless. So then, so then I, I see the, the, the guy, because I live right across the street from the hospital, and um, I see the security guy, guy drive, right? Black dude. So he's, he look real cool. I'm like, yo. He's like, yo, what up? Can I get a jump, my G? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not a drop, a jump. My, my nigga, let jump? me get a jump. He said, oh, what's, what's good? Your car, your car don't gonna start? He's like, oh, said, fuck, he's black, I'll help him now. Duh. So, yeah, he pulls up the shit, and he, we can't, we open his car, like the security car, and we can't find a battery. Like, how hard is it to find the I'm like, yo, it's right here. He's like, nah, nah, I don't think that's it. I don't think, I'm like, dude, it's. Playing, you know, maybe end of the shift, bitter as fuck. It says Hi. plus mark right don't here. Don't want to help a brother out. Say, yo. It's fucked up. <laughs> right here. So, he's like, all right, I don't want to fuck up the company car or whatever. So we hooked it up, hooked it up to my battery. Shit does not work. It don't work. Bless. I'm tight. <laughs> He's like, all right, man, well, I got to go. I got to call, whatever. So I called up AAA. They came through. Those are the homies today. Those are the real sponsors of this podcast tonight. Were they white? No, nah, it's a dude named Josh. Black guy? Yeah, black guy. He had dreads and everything. He was real cool. So, you know, he basically told me my battery was shot. It was dead, like done. Like, it was... Dude, if that was New York City, <laughs> that would have been fucked up. But nah, he gave me a new battery too. He only charged me like one hundred thirty dollars. It was cool. Gave him the car, and I was like, "Yo, let me run inside real quick. I might have a little bit of cash to give you, you know, since you installed it and everything pretty quick." I come out with like five crumpled up dollar bills. I was like, "Yo, here, it ain't much. That's all I got." He's like, "Yo, let me ask you a question. How old are you?" I'm like, "23." He's like. 23, oh, you a young, you a young dude, you a young dude. I was gonna hook you up with my sister. I said, oh, all right, cool. <laughs> I was the sister. I didn't even ask, dude. Damn, you thought that you fuck his sister because he because I gave him a five tip. <laughs> I wonder what she would look like. Oh my god, He's probably busted. No, what I if she's like a fucking model? Oh, uh, I should have. Damn, 
fuck. I should. Why the hell would that's weird, man? No, because he wanted to hook you up though. Because I'm a good dude. Like he's, you know, I was dressed up for work. I had, you know, the button up. Oh, whatever. The, he's like, this Negro's got a job. He's like, he's got, got a job. He, he saw me walking to She's the. She's probably crib. fucking rappers. Yeah, so and I gave him five dollars. I'm doing the right thing out here, guys. Struggle rappers, struggle rappers. But it's all That's good. That's pretty funny. It is. It's. I didn't. I was embarrassed to Blessed. tell you. Have a great day. Why would you be embarrassed? I just because you would judge talked me about Magnum. No, no, no. You would thing. judge me on letting my car battery die. No, I wouldn't. Yes, you would. You like this? I've done this, that too. this fucking guy does not have his life together. He's got to get his shit together. If if, if your car battery dying in, indicates your life's not together, then my life's been fucked a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> My life's been fucked since I got my license. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know what it was, and I, I don't know how to prevent it. So just remember, if you're having a bad day, you're the sperm that won. All right, let's end this motherfucking show. No, no, no. Let's end this show. On, no, let's end this show on a good note. Words to the wise from the Swedes. In 200 years, we'll all be dead. Very Say it with some fucking confidence. I'm fucking falling asleep now. <laughs> In 200 years, we'll all be dead. Very, very few of us will be remembered for the. Tone it down a little bit. For the. <laughs> in 200 years, we'll all be dead. Very, very few of us will be remembered for the remaining majority. It will be as if we did not exist. No one will think about you. No one will remember you. No one will care about your existence. It will be as if you never existed. So, see, life is not that so serious after all. Why so serious? Looking at life that way and all the systems we have in place today, the way in which we live today is comical. Imagine fishes going to high school. This is fucking funny. Imagine fishes going to high school, college, and med school and working little fish corporate jobs and all other, th- other things humans before us have created, which we live by today. This would be hilarious. What are they doing all these things for, what did we ask? These are fishes. They are little, unimportant, delicious things, and this is how the human race seems in the grand scheme of things. In conclusion, if none of the systems, educational systems, professional systems, etc., we have in place today did not exist, if, if all you knew was that you are born and you will die, and in between your death and birth you had time, what would you do with this time? Answer this question correctly, and you will be one of the selected few who will still be remembered in 200 years. How the fuck are you going to call that lame? Uh, no, that was actually pretty fucking good. Um, That's legit shit, man. Yeah, that is legit you think about shit. It. Yeah. Why, way, why do we do the things that we do? It's serious. Like, back in school, I wish they showed us about more about goal setting, relationships, communication. I mean, maybe the divorce rate wouldn't be so fucking high right now. People wouldn't be in student loan debt because when you graduate from school, you're already in debt. It's a fucking stupid concept, and they make you work dumb jobs. Why not more passion and like figure something out you were you have good you were good at when you were younger, but how do you know what you're good at? That's life, man. Experience. If you don't go through these, Channing Tatum, he was fucking working restaurants, strippers, and all this other stuff, and became an actor through experience. Another example. That's a random example that came in my head. Mm-hmm. Howard Stern had a purpose. He wanted to make his show his dad that he could do radio. His dad didn't believe in him. Yeah. All weird little things. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, on that note, go out and fuck some hookers. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be here next week. Keep it motherfucking basement. 200 years. See you. Love you guys. No, not really. I kind of hate you guys, actually.